Hey everyone, KYT here to talk to you about a piece of software that's under development called MTG X-Ray. MTG X-Ray is a desktop app that's designed to help you make better deck building decisions. So instead of just looking at the amount of mana symbols and let's say your seal pool to come up with the best land distribution, this actually is programmed with a lot of magic rules and goldfishes by itself to figure out the best land count for your seal deck and how it's supposed to be configured. Now the people behind MTG X-Ray need your feedback. So if you're on Windows, go to the Windows Store and search up MTG X-Ray to try it out. You can also find a lot more information on YouTube by searching MTG X-Ray. And it currently supports importing and exporting on MTG Arena. So you should definitely try it out and the people behind the software are really enthusiastic about coming up with ways to improve it. And with that, enjoy the show. Sort of first strike, got a whole cast, exciting episode, but first we start the show, got to plug our sponsor, facefacegames.com, the number one place to get your Magic the Gathering singles. This week we got, not a sale promotion, but we got 40%, plus 40% trade bonus, so normally you, we would give you 25% on top if you took credit over instead of cash, but now it's 40%, it's valid at each of the stores, it's going to be valid at Magic Fest Calgary. So definitely take advantage if you've been waiting to sell a bunch of cards. Beginning of face-to-face games, we had the Barry Open this past weekend, and I'm happy that Stephen Kerr, the winner of that tournament, and also the runner-up to the Toronto Open, plus not too long ago, with the same deck, is here to join us. Welcome to the show, Stephen. How's it going? Oh, it's good. It's been, uh, it's been a good run on uh, Modern for like the last two months. So we're going to get right down to your deck choice, because Derek here thinks that you ran an archetype that's not playable, but you were runner-up at the Open Plus. You won this tournament. Our mutual friend Rob Anderson won a local Montreal 5K with the same deck, Azorius. So is he wrong? Is it, is it actually good, or uh, are you running lucky with a bad deck? I, I don't know if the deck itself is good. Um, it's just a deck that you can play fair magic and have like around a 50% matchup against pretty much everybody. Like your worst matchup is like dredge and it's still not horrendous. It's still like maybe like a 40% matchup. Um, But everything else is right around 50%, maybe 60%. You just get to play magic as opposed to having matchups where you'll be like, you sit down and play and you, you just, you're already set to lose or you're already set to win. So is it similar to like the same reason why people like to play Jun? You just want to have some some play, and you don't think it's overwhelmingly the best deck then? Definitely. Oh, I, I don't think that Blue White is the best deck, and it's like I think it would be a really bad deck to play cold at a tournament. Um, it's the same with like uh, Were, but for for different reasons. Because Blue White, your the clock is going to be like your biggest enemy. So being able to make uh, reasonably okay plays at a really fast pace and hurrying your opponents to to play fast as well is like the only way to have any success with the deck. So I guess someone's not going to be able to find success if they're bringing it, it like cold heading into Magic Fest Calgary. 
But if people were curious about bringing your deck, like what matchups are they hoping to face and, and sit down opposite from? Oh, uh, the creature matchups, like where where your wraths are best, is those are obviously the the best matchups. Um, and I, I've been having okay in the Phoenix matchup. Um, I definitely don't like the Dredge matchup, but it, you can definitely win it. Um, there's a lot of lines in in what you're surgicaling when you play your rip because you can like let them get a few creatures and get ahead before you cast the rip because you need to like protect it post board. Um, it, it it it's difficult. I, like Tron is fine. You just got to know when you can go for for like when you're playing your planeswalkers against Tron is really difficult. Like honestly, I, I I'm happy to play all of the matchups in the format from Amulet to to Tron to Black Green. But they're all pretty difficult. But you kind of got game against everybody, and that's kind of like the thing that Blue White does the best. Are you running into a lot of uh, Blue White? Or, uh, I mean, sorry, a lot of Amulet Titan. Uh, no, not Amulet Titan. Am I? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm Edgar's favorite deck. Are you running into a lot of that in the past two tournaments you played in? Uh, yeah, so I played it twice at the Barry Open. I played it once at the. Toronto Open, and I played against it once at GP Toronto. Um, and I won all of those matchups. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Uh, Derek, Derek just, just speak your thoughts. We want to hear it in words uh, from your own voice. What, what do you think about the blue-white deck? I, I just think it's, don't, I don't think it's good enough to play in an event. Uh, that, that's like, he said it himself. It's not the best deck in the format, and if you're not playing the best deck, I don't, I don't know why you're playing it. Um, I, I don't mean to sound harsh or shady or anything. That's just my, my view on playing a constructed event. Uh, so, I don't know. If you feel like you're, you have game against the format and you feel like you know what you're doing with any deck in modern, then like you should probably be playing it in modern. But I think in general, like if, if you have a choice to play any deck in modern, you should just be playing the best deck unless you have a lot of reps with the deck already and you're really comfortable with it, which I think is this is obviously the case, but uh, like blue-white for some rando walking off the street, I would never suggest this. Uh, I don't know what I would suggest, though, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like you wouldn't want to play Phoenix uh, as like a some rando. You literally no. play like 95 different sleight of hands. Right. You'll, you'll choose what cards you play all day. You could, you could like give somebody, you could give somebody Tron, but then like sometimes they just don't know how to mulligan write or something, right? Or like burn, like they don't know how to once again mulligan write. Like I don't know, blue white would never be my choice just because I don't think it's the best deck and I don't think it can be the best deck. But if you're comfortable with it, go for it. I don't know. I I do think that modern as a format. Um, is actually in a really good spot where more so than any other format I've played in the past, playing the deck that you know how to pilot is far superior than playing the best deck. I definitely agree that for stuff like Standard, for Legacy in the past, playing the best deck is where you want to be at. But there are players in Modern that are able to consistently put up really good results. There's uh, the Japanese guy who plays blue-black fairies at like every GP and is like, Constantly putting up positive. Yeah, that, that's unreal. Because like fairies, fairies is actually unplayable. It, well, yeah, it's it's it's. I agree. It's really bad. But <laughs> if you know how to play that deck. It's it's 
he knows how to play the deck. And it's, it's Modern's in a really weird spot where people that know their decks are able to put up consistent, consistent results because knowing how to pilot your deck through a field is more important in Modern than I think every other format right now. And that's it's why I actually like Modern. Yeah, we, we brought it up a couple times, like Scrat is one of Modern GP. Uh, Mono Green or Elves is one of GP. Merfolk, uh, don't forget Merfolk. Merfolk's one of GP. Like, if you, if you were to say like, oh, I'm going to bring this any of those decks to the next GP, I'd be like, you're absolutely insane. But it's modern, and you can just play whatever you want, no matter how bad. I'm using air quotes for those who are listening at home. Uh, the deck is. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe just don't ask me if I think a deck's good or not. Because if it's not Phoenix, it's probably bad. <laughs> so I don't can't tell as much. Uh, go ahead, Elliot. I was going to say personally, when I'm talking about modern decks with people, I, I sort of have three rankings of good decks, bad decks, and then unplayable decks. And you know, good decks are the ones I actively want to play. So off the top of my head, the prison deck, Phoenix, like Tron. Uh, those kind of decks. The bad decks are, you know, Merfolk, maybe Blue Light Control, those Jeskai maybe. And I, I don't really want to play them, but they're probably reasonable choices at some point, especially if you're experienced with them. And the awful decks are like Scred and Mono Green Devotion, where I wouldn't want to be caught dead. No one should be caught dead playing Mono Green Devotion in Modern. I've... You know. I've been paired against the the blue red pillow fort deck on Moto like three times in the past week, and that's just a deck that nobody should ever be doing anything with. Like even as like an art form, nobody should be should be discussing what that deck is, and I'm playing against it, and it's just modern. Yeah, the most recent deck dump that came out today for modern had a a black white mid range deck. Had some real hot ones like Soren Grim Nemesis and an Orza, uh, an Obsidat, you know, with their Kaya's. So it was really a flavor win, super Vorthos, but it's just not a good modern deck. You shouldn't be playing it. This I guess. is not a Vorthos podcast. Vorthos yeah. things don't belong here. <laughs> um, Elliot, do you you played in the tournament that Rob ended up winning with Blue White? Uh, how did that deck look from from your perspective, and how did the tournament go for you overall? What did you play? Uh, so I played Tron for no reason other than I messaged my friend on Tuesday and said, "What do you have that I can borrow?" And Tron, it was either Tron or Ad Nauseum, so I I picked the good deck. Um, I ended up going six one one in the Swiss and finished fourth. Uh, and then it was it was a five k with some really top heavy prizes, so we just chopped the top eight and played for a trophy. Uh, where I ended up losing to Rob. Um, it seemed... I mean, Blue Light seemed good. I think there was two copies in the top eight, and I know another person had, I think, a win in with Blue Light as well, which, you know, having three copies in the top eight of a tournament, the field sort of... It was like 140 players, so it's not a huge field. There probably weren't that many people playing Blue Light in the first place. That's, you know, a relatively impressive showing. Uh, I I did lose to Rob in the top eight, but for the record, um, he needed it more than I did, so I may have, I may have let it slide. <laughs> uh, but that's that's just between him and me. Um, I don't know. I, I think 
like specifically thinking about it from the Tron versus Blue matchup, which is where I was exposed to it, I, I felt like I was pretty favored, and I I felt like if you're playing Blue White, I, I don't think you really want to be paired against Tron. Maybe Steven can confirm that one. Oh, I play against Tron all day. You will? Oh yeah. I don't know. I in in both of our sideboard games, it felt like if I ever played all three of the Tron lands, it was it was going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's why you don't let him play all three of the Tron lands. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. He seemed really un. Maybe it was just his list in particular. Maybe you have some some sideboard tech I haven't seen. But I think he seemed like surgical is really good. Um, and then again, any any of the two mana counter spells can allow your field of ruins, even if you're on the play, um, take you off of it. Uh, and then you've got counter spells to try and fight for finding their third piece. And as long as you can kind of stick a slight clock, whether it's uh, a snapcaster mage or a vandalian clique or like a three mana gideon. Um, you can win the game, um, and if you stick a planeswalker, you're usually just you're just gas in the matchup. Like you, you're trading your spells for whatever it is that they want to search for. Yeah, if they get to ten mana, it's kind of scary, but you can definitely play through a um, whatever that guy's called. Ulamog, I think, is the, the yeah. guy that gets two of them. I I definitely have a. So this is where like I'm on kind of a good tear. So like I got fifty eighth at the GP and. I've like top eighted every single one K that I've played in like the last two months and then done really well. I think I'm like 32, two, no, 32, four and three in like my like comp REL over the past two months. Like it's pretty good. That is a lot of draws. You should play faster. I know I, I mentioned it at the beginning, like even as a player who's been playing blue eye for a while, like getting draws is is an inevitability. Like you're you're gonna get a lot. Like uh, most of those ones were intentional to get into top eights, um, but I definitely had a couple of draws, especially at like the GP Toronto. I got uh, a couple of draws, but those are against other slow decks as well. Which it, this is why like the playing fast is critical for playing the deck. Yeah, okay. really I mean, my sample my sample size against Blue Eyes is pretty small right now, so I'll I'll defer to Steven, but. Uh... I don't know. Blue, it seemed it seemed pretty impressive. It's also a, you know white sideboard cards in modern are always going to be good, and you definitely have the tools to you build your sideboard correctly for the right weekend and pl- I don't know play a third rest in peace or something, get paired against Dredge a couple times, you're going to be rewarded. So I think Blue it's definitely a reasonable deck moving forward. Derek, I know you can't talk much, but uh, how's the prep going for uh, your Mythic Championship? Uh, it's it's been going good. Um, I know that I have been playing a lot more than the rest of the team has at the moment. Uh, I think it's partially because, like, most of them have real jobs. And they, like, it's it's hard to, like, really focus um, everybody's efforts. Because, uh, like, I know Edgar has the SCG things going on. And some of the other guys, like Ely and Shaheen, were at the GP last weekend or two weekends ago. But I think we're starting to uh, hone in on uh, an actual testing process. And I think it's going good. Um, I mean, we haven't really discussed much other than, like, the modern format as a format, just theorizing and and what we think about the London Mulligan. Um, Personally, I've been playing a lot of Phoenix. Uh, I think I have, like, 500 matches in uh, in the past month. So I, I just think, like, it's the best deck and I just want to be playing the best deck until it's not the best deck, if that makes sense. Um, 
personally, whenever I play against blue white specifically on moto, I just kind of roll them games two and three if they beat me game one. But I have lost against very, very fringe blue white versions of people playing like four condemns in their main, four relics in their main. It's like they, they didn't have as many condemns that uh, they didn't have as many paths as condemns because it didn't give me the extra land. And it's like the exact same card, but they're probably weaker to other random decks and doing that, so to speak. So I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I've just, I've just been playing a lot of Phoenix. I like the deck. It's pretty good. Good, good. Um, Andy, I don't think you, you've touched modern. In a, in a I've lot, been right? uh, I've been lucky enough to not have to touch modern for, gosh, it's been uh, since the Grand Prix, I would imagine, and it's been a good time. Like I, I do miss playing Arclight Phoenix, and it was especially <laughs> good when nobody really knew what was up. But uh, now I don't want to be a I don't want to play modern. It's no fun. <laughs> Such a down, uh, St- Steven, uh, Anything else you want to mention about your deck? I don't know. I, I I love I love modern. It's funny. It's like I think lots of people that play all the other decks besides decks that just get to have fifty percent win rates is like I feel like I get to play magic every game I like sit down at the table. Um, and I find that when I've played other decks before, like I've, I've played a little bit of burn, I've played a little bit of blue black, I've played death shadow, I've played some other stuff, and I just I don't have as much fun because you'll just play against a person that you just can't win against. But I like I like have a blast at modern playing blue white because you just you always get to play a game of magic. I don't know. Mm, I mean that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, well, does like, that modern's a ton of fun? It's just like I don't like playing it as a competitive format. That's mostly all I play. So because just because there's too much <laughs> variance in in the things, all, a whole <laughs> slew of things. But like it's it's a very fun format to play. You get to put a bunch of Arclight Phoenixes into play. Your opponents always think they have a good matchup, and they always die. <laughs> Steven, do you, do you have uh, do you care about the the Mulligan rule that's going to come into play in the at the championship? I think that the I think a lot of people think the Mulligan rule is going to change everything, and I feel a lot of people are like saying that the sky is falling, kind of thing. Like this is a some sort of Ragnarok of things of of all the formats, and I think that. If a couple of decks need to, like, or a couple of cards need to be, like, banned or restricted, this is, like, the, the vintage stuff. If, if Bizarre Baghdad needs to get restricted to, to let this new mulligan rule come to play, I think that you'll get to play more games of Magic when you mull than you do now. Um, I don't know if, I don't know, I haven't done very much testing with it, like, just a little bit. I don't know if it breaks formats besides like the really old ones with like bizarre and stuff like that all the other ones have been fine for modern standard and limited it's been really decent but i definitely have not i I don't think that it's good for for vintage especially in like shops and bizarre it's like ridiculous um and then maybe even for legacy it's probably too good so if a couple cards need to get restricted or banned to make this rule happen i think that we'll get to play better games of magic after the rule kind of like levels out what cards are too powerful with it Actually, one last question for your blue-white deck. Uh, are, are there any wrinkles that, that you would consider pretty unique to your, the versions you've been playing, or do you consider it pretty stock and, and what's pretty similar to what's being played out there? I think that the, the list is pretty, like, it's, it's quite stock. So, like, I think the list that I played, 
at a couple of last events have been 24 land. I think the 25 is just fine. Um, I, I've seen rips over snaps. I think that snaps a more fun magic card to play and like you get to utilize some cyborg cards a little bit better. Um, the, whether you want to play four planeswalker win conditions or five, I, again, that's a toss up. And whether you want to favor Jace over Teferi, I think the Jace is better when you're playing Terminus. Uh, Gabriel Nassif has been playing a lot of like Terminus less lists. So that's like leaning on Supreme Verdict or uh, Settle the Wreckage and whatever you're mixing up, usually still playing four, four to five in the main deck. Um, so yeah, I think that you can play like about like 56 cards, maybe 54 cards are stock. And that's like how you want to split on your like counter spells. You can play two negates in the main. I played Remand at this event and played no one mana counter spells. I've definitely played Snare. Um, I've definitely, I, I've played Peak. I, I like top eight the last one with Peak because I've liked Peak for the control matchups, but I didn't see very much before. Um, and I just decided to play Serum Visions. It's just a far more powerful magic card, especially for sideboarded games. So like what you want to split on your, on your cantrips, you can play, they're, they're all, they're all pretty decent. Like their Remand's going to be better in certain matchups. It's better in the Phoenix matchup. I think that that's what, like I hedged a lot on my main deck. Definitely have a really good matchup game one against Phoenix. And then cyborg games are much di more difficult, but they're definitely doable. The Circle of Protection Red is really good against the Phoenix deck. Um, like it was, and like you just gotta gotta play through all their spell pierces. And once the spell pierces are done, you're you're sitting pretty. I don't know. It's 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 weird. I I think you want to get in a ton of reps with the deck if you want to play it. It's definitely a fun way to play Magic. Um, if if you like playing the control side of things, and that's just been the strategy of Magic that I've liked for the longest time, from playing janky ass control decks in Legacy to playing janky ass control decks in Modern. <laughs> right, Derek Elliott. Anyone uh, got anything to say? We'll we'll move on to the next topic. I noticed you have a cat in the background. <laughs> What's the cat's name? <laughs> Uh, there are currently five animals in this room, and the cat, his name is... Newton. It's probably Newton, yeah. Newton. Newton. Newton, and then there's Tesla, and then I've got three dogs here. We're dog-sitting one dog. We normally have only two. It's an animal-loving household here. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, going through our next topic, I didn't know this was uh, the people... Hated this until I was jumping into a Semulent stream uh, today, and we were talking about the Mythic Invitational, but some people in chat, they, they don't like the dual standard format, and the dual standard format is going to be the one that's used, and I'm going to explain it to listeners who are not aware of what it is or what even the Mythic Invitational is about. So reading from uh, the, the Mothership, instead of a 60 card standard deck and a 15 card sideboard the players will submit two 60 card standard decks and uh for the two 60 card standard decks they can do whatever they want they can submit the exact same list they can submit two totally different lists or they can even submit two similar lists but with some key cards swapped in for certain matchups once they're in the tournament players will be paired up with an opponent which player goes first is decided at random additionally which deck they are playing in the first game is also chosen randomly for game two, the players will be forced to play with a deck they didn't get in the first game. Also, the player who went first in game one will go second for game two. If there's game three, the players get to choose which of their two decks to play with, but who goes first will once again be chosen at random. And then uh, Marshall goes into 
what he thinks uh, are some of the strategic implications of it. Uh, Stephen, do you, do you have any uh, takes on, on the whole tournament as a whole and, and this particular format? Um, yeah, like what I've read in chat were, were people like, yeah, they're not playing a real competitive format. And uh, whereas I'm, I'm excited to see something fresh, but uh, what about you? Oh, it's definitely a competitive format, right? They're playing for a whole bunch of money. The, the, the edges are there to to be to be earned, and there's a lot of there's a lot of money on the table to be taken from taking it pretty seriously. It's definitely different. It's definitely unlike Magic that we've known for however long you've been playing Magic. I think it is really cool because I've been liking best of ones because um, deck decisions are way different in best of ones. Like there's certain strategies in Magic that just don't work. He's like the best deck that's in standard. I don't think is a playable deck in best of one. That's like the soul type mid range deck is like, it's really bad in best of one. I've definitely tried it and it's horrendous. Like the mid range strategies where you like you utilize your sideboard to morph your deck a little bit one way or the other. So I think that there's some really cool stuff that you can do in best of ones that, that don't exist inside of like the best of three environment. And I think that it's really cool. Like, cause I've been on Esper a lot for, for, best of ones and if i was playing the event i'd probably be on two builds of esper one a little bit more controlling like with like some like maybe a devious cover-up or some other like weird tech and the other one more creature based so that way i'd be able to decide for that third game which side i wanted to hedge on so i think that it's, it's got some cool stuff as well as like cards like mastermind that are way better in best of one than they are in constructed because the sideboard's so valuable in constructed magic but it's almost worthless in in best of one so there's some really cool deck designing that you can do knowing that you can play a a 15 card wish board. Yeah, like you talked about a lot of things uh that I 100% agree with. I was talking when I initially heard about the format and, and talking to my my friend Alex Hayne who's was going to play in the tournament, he's like uh, I told him, "Well, you just got to submit two 60 card decks. How hard could it be?" And he brought up Mastermind and like how He's going to have to create a cypher for both decks and how there's other cards where, um, what's that red card, the Daredevil? That yeah, hurts. Daredevil, or even, like, if you have any card that, like, takes their creature, you got to, like, be wary of, like, Thief of Sanity and all this other stuff. Like, there's some wonky yeah. ways to get access to Mastermind that you still need to, like, <laughs> submit a stupid sideboard for, because you may have some convoluted way in order to be able to put a Mastermind's Inquisition on the stack, and you'd really like to be able to have a sideboard to when it resolves. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about this. Like, do you think the uh, the MPL players are going to have an edge over uh, the, the non-MPL with, with their deck choices? Well, there's some really good challengers. So this is like the Luis Sacht Vargas, uh, right. like Gabriel Nassif. So like, I think the MPL players are like really, really strong, but there's there's some really strong challengers, especially the ones that top-aided the, the ladder, because that is a feat. The, the Getting top-eight on the ladder is incredibly, incredibly difficult. You kind of have to go like nut perfect in the last like in the last little bit to to be able to do that. It's it's like running a a, a crazy long tournament. Like you got to go like twenty. You know, I don't know each individual story, but from from back in the Hearthstone days when trying to hit like legend on the ladder, like you had to go nut perfect for like twenty games in a row. Which at any tournament to go like twenty and zero is crazy, crazy. That's a good run. You got to really understand a format to be able to go on a streak like that in the last bit. So that, that's like the Sojo. I think is the one of the challengers that I think is he's he's an excellent strategy game player. Yeah, he he got invited. Uh, he used to play Hearthstone. I've watched him stream a bit. Uh, I think it's pronounced Shao. Show. 
Joe? Yeah, that's yeah. what Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, him and who's the other? There's another guy. Uh, starts with an S. I don't know how to pronounce this. Swedish or something. He also used to play Hearthstone. He was playing a bunch of auto chess, too. They're, like, really good strategy game players. Um, I mean, they weren't they were in top eight, but they I think they already got invited, so they had no reason to try. I don't think they're as good as the MPL. But, uh, we made our list, um, and I don't. I think I have one challenger on. Whoa! Oh no, I lied. No, I think it's just <laughs> one challenger. Okay, maybe it's three. I can't count. Anyways, I don't think I don't think anybody who's not in the MPL isn't going to go very far. In all honesty, that is, that is a bold claim for best of ones. Holy smokes! It's it's not personal. I just like it's it's never personal. I just don't think it's realistic. Like you're talking about people who've been grinding magic for ten ten thousand dollars for years, going to GPs to try to stay on the train for literal pocket change compared to this event, and you're telling me that these people up to this point haven't broken through. And now they're playing for $250,000. And, and these, these people who just got invited, who haven't been doing this for a while, are just going to like walk in and break. Like, I, I don't think it's possible. You know, like I'm, I'm ready to be wrong. I'm ready for one of these challengers to prove me wrong. But like up until that happens, like, uh, my money's on Owen, Owen Huey, LSV, Yuza, one of the other oh. people. Like, what's what's the average age of NPL uh, versus yeah. Challenger? <laughs> like average age of NPL players versus the average age of Challengers. I, I don't know. I would think that the NPL is older, and so I would probably give the edge to people that are younger. Like that's just again, we're playing strategy games. Like as you age, you're definitely going to decline a bit. So. I mean, it's, these are the best players in the world for the last two years in Magic right now. I, I don't, I, I don't, it's not I, think, like, I think the age thing's irrelevant. I don't think it's like Dota, right? It's not like clicks per second or whatever, or like reaction time. <laughs> like, you, you can just, like, if it takes me an extra five seconds to come to a conclusion, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll think about it, you know? Like, Andre Strosky has a couple years on me, whatever. I don't know. Uh, I, I think me and uh, Zach Keeney are the same age or close to the same age. Um, and I, I, I know Zach personally, and I, I don't think he's going to get farther. Like, I don't, I don't think he's going to win his pot up. Like, I don't know if he's I'm sorry, Zach, but I just don't think it's possible, dude. Odds are not in your favor. Uh, Andy, let's, let's uh, go back to my first, first question and get your take. Uh, do you think dual standard is going to be more skill intensive or less? Are you excited like, about the format as a whole? What's your take? Like, more or less than what? Like normal uh, best like best, best of three, three standard. Yeah, well, let's best, say they like Brad Nelson, for example, in best of three standard wins like sixty eight percent of his matches, and uh, they posted his stats in best in best of one standard. He won like fifty six. He's perhaps <laughs> the best standard player in the world. Like obviously, this is like lower due to testing an enormous array of everything he could get his mind on, but the that fact alone should really lay down. That the it's it's less skill intensive. The challengers have more of a shot than they ever Actually, would. But is that stat for just purely best of one? Yes, it is. As far as I know, they posted it on like the MPL Super Sick website, 
where they have ex- incredibly beautiful pictures of all the players. The the one thing I will say, I agree with Andy that uh, the non MPL, like I think I think whoever wasn't people who who weren't on the MPL have a higher chance than they did before. I don't think that chance is high. I still think they're heavily unfavored. Uh, even like, <laughs> like, cause at no point can it be higher than 50, 50 if it's random across the entire board. Right. So what, once, once you, if you think everything's random, then it's like 50, 50 across, we know everything's not random. So you have to give the advantage to the players who are, who are much better at the game. So even if it's like 51, 49 or, but I don't even think it's probably like 70, 30, uh, like for most players, I'm not saying for all of them, for most, like, uh, I, I think like, it's just not, it's not going to be close. Um, yeah, I, I could picture. I don't Elliot. know if your math checks out there, Derek, but coming uh, yeah, up, I, I do appreciate your sentiment. What, what, like, okay, maybe my specifics are wrong. I haven't ran the numbers. Not a mathematician, well, but like, like I, the fifty-five percent, right? That Brad Nelson was putting up versus random people testing best of ones. Obviously, the people that are at this tournament are better than random people, right? So I would assume that that number would go down by some amount. But let's say it's the same, even if the the best. Like the, the MPL's got a fifty-five percent on everything. It doesn't mean that it's a substantial over eighty percent that they're going to win the the tournament. I, I just mean like the the number's not drastic. The, the the difference that this changes the advantage for MPL players is is not something to write home about. I, I don't know the actual like even if it is more random like. If if they have more of a chance, the chance can't be much better. You, you have to you have to put your your eggs in the basket that you know are good already. And I, I think that like if I was a betting person, I would definitely just put most of my money on the MPL against the non MPL. Yeah, let's let Elliot yeah, chime in. Yeah, I like I think obviously the MPL is a favorite to do well in the tournament. It's just the way Magic goes is that these are the best players in the world at Magic and the tournament they're competing in, even though it's best of one, which is relatively unexplored compared to best of three standard that we've had for the past 20 years, they're still, they still have to be the favorites. They're just the best at it. But, you know, even if I think, in my opinion, Owen Turtonwald's a favorite to win the tournament, a, f- a favorite to win in the tournament in a 64 band field or 64 player field, he's like maybe 3% at most, 2.5%. But you add that up across the entire MPL, and maybe you say the the 32 players from the MPL add up to 70% to win the entire thing. And I think, you know, I'll take I'll take a 70 30 point like flip in my favor every single time. I I think we're going to get into our brackets a little later, but I picked the only challenger I picked was uh, LSV to my knowledge. I think everyone else I picked is in the MPL. So I don't know. It's just like. Will does does Brad Nelson's fifty five percent win rate mean that best of one is less skilled? Maybe it's just different skill set, a little bit of both. Uh, but I like I was Andy and I were talking about this a little earlier. We were kind of comparing notes after building our brackets, and I I said I think that if you do like a plot of numbers of die rolls one specifically in the in the game threes, I think that's going to be a really important one to number of matches one, I, I think you're going to have close to a straight line. I think the die roll is just really imp- going to be really important in this format. 
And uh, I don't know. I think I think this format really sucks, but still got to give the edge to the MPL players. They're the best for a reason. Andy, do you have anything uh, that you wanted to add? Uh, not not currently. I like uh, obviously the MPL is favored, just not as favored as they would be under normal circumstances. But they're still definitely favored. Okay. Um, I mean, I think this part's obvious, but like we're, I imagine we're just looking at the MPL as, uh, I mean, the best of one by itself, but then there's, I was imagining Elliot doing a PowerPoint actually showing like being able to play two different decks and well, and being able to construct them so that they're both good against like different matchups and stuff like that. I think just having those two, because it's not really a best of one uh, when it comes down to it, this dual standard thing. So the edge might be, I mean, it's definitely, in my opinion, slightly higher because of that and uh, how much higher we're, we're going to see this week. Um, yeah, that's a good point, Carl. It's, it's going to be better than normal best of one, but like lower than <laughs> normal best of three, perhaps. Maybe it, perhaps. Maybe it doesn't even. Maybe not even. Because this is a wrinkle smashed. that we're not used to, right? Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for the show. I think this weekend's going to be really really sweet. Um I don't know if the format's going to work out. To me this sounds miserable, but it's not what I'm used to. It could just be a good format given the circumstance, but I'm also very excited cuz this is them showcasing arena and this is them showcasing Magic's like first real step into esports. I'm just so excited for it and I can't wait to just watch some really good magic this weekend. Like even even if we we talk bad on the challengers, there's some still very good players in that in that group of people. One of them did just happen to win the last uh, MC, I guess we're calling it now. So I, I, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be sweet. Oh yeah, the challengers are, are all awesome, and they're all in, like they're all incredibly talented and uh, incredible ambassadors for the game, and they absolutely yeah. like deserve for their shot at this top 25 money makers of all time in magic yeah i think if you win you automatically hit 24th or 25th in the all time <laughs> all time money yeah. that's real i really hope and it probably won't happen but a young boy can dream i hope that they put this close to amount of effort into uh showcasing the mocks or they at least have some amount of coverage for the mocks so that i can get a little bit of camera time because obviously everything revolves around me, but uh, oh god! I, I, Can you imagine? <laughs> they're just like it's just in a basement somewhere. There's no lighting. You're they, both you're both sharing the same laptop, just they, split screen. They haven't the cardboard. They, we don't know where it is yet, and it's like two months away. Like they they said it might be at the headquarters. They said it might be some other conventions. We don't know. Um. <laughs> Steven, when you were talking about the players, it just sounds like you're someone that, that watches uh, the game a lot. Like, who, who are you a big fans of? Who are you a big fan of, rather? I'm a big fan of Gabe because he plays blue, white, and modern. <laughs> That's about <laughs> it. Um, and uh, I've watched, uh, I really like Owen's stream. Basically, the, the streamers, the, the people that bring a lot of people into Magic. And I think that streaming is, is a definitely a, a fantastic way to do that. So the people that have been trying hard in like the last month or two. Um, so it's like Owen has been doing, I think, a really good job. Um, even stuff like uh, Paulo has been doing some stuff. And 
some of the MPL players, but um, Autumn Stream I've liked in the past. Definitely Gabe is is probably my favorite right now. He's just he he just does he's he's got the balls to play like the the mock stuff with no delay and no ghosting stuff, which I don't think any other streamer <laughs> has the trust in the community to do so. Which he's he, he's played no, like some. Uh, I watched him do the modern thing this weekend, and I just I couldn't believe it. Or or the standard one too that he's six two. That is seven one. It. He's seven one. Yeah, I just I would never in a, in a million years. That qualifying for that event is worth like hundreds of dollars and then possibly like tens of thousands of dollars. And he's just like, yeah, I don't care. And he takes forever to make his decisions. If you wanted to ghost him, you could just sit there and like, it's like a TV show. You're just watching him, but you're winning money. So I, I have no words. It's, it's insane. The, the ghosting in the community is is not a good thing, and he's putting the faith in the community to do right by by everybody by allowing people to enjoy the high level, the highest level of Moto Magic that exists, but being able to like do it in such a way that like can the community can get involved in, and yeah, it puts a lot of onus on the people in the uh, tournament to to not do what I think is considered not good behavior which is ghosting like i think most people generally agree that that ghosting is probably not something that we want to happen um and he he basically trusts the community he's willing to put that that again hundreds of dollars on the line to offer something to the community that that nobody else will that's again you you would never do it but but having somebody do something that nobody ever would do might move the community into a better place where everybody gets okay with not ghosting I don't think that people at the top there would, would want to ghost. I don't, I don't know if you'd want to ghost. You're playing against him and, and you'd want to ghost, but if I was playing in that event, I wouldn't ghost. And that's, that's saying something. Just because he's got the ability to, to do so. So that's something that I think that lots of streamers wouldn't want to do. So it's, it's very, very difficult. That's what he offers that I don't think nobody else does. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to, obviously there's a moral compass, but it's like I, I would never do it, um, but at some point you have to you have to ask yourself what is the price point in which you would ghost for. And if somebody said a hundred dollars, they said you win a hundred dollars if you go check this person's hand right now. I'd be like, yeah, I'll think about it. If it was three hundred dollars, be like, yeah, okay. If it was a thousand dollars, I'd be like, it's insane for me not to do this. You know what I mean? And so at some point, like. It's morally incorrect, but it's... But that's like drawing additional cards at like a top-level event, right? But you, you, you can actually get banned for that. You, you, can get, you can get banned from the game. You can, get, you can lose things. You can get ostracized. Like, this has little to no um, repercussion, and he's just allowing it to do it. it, it but the I agree reason with why there's repercussions for drawing additional cards is because we went through periods in Magic where cheating was the norm, and we moved the community into this. A, isn't this isn't defined as cheating though, right? Like uh, not yet. I mean, it's it is cheating. I think I think you could classify it as cheating, but there's no like I, I think this is different because it's I don't know. It's uh, it's a, it's a very gray area. And I it's think that definitely cheating. It's just it's very difficult to enforce it because the proof is very difficult to uh, to acquire. And to have rules, you usually need to be able to to prove that they did that. Again, that's the whole proof uh, innocent until proven guilty. That's what our whole like law system is based on. But I think it's definitely cheating. It's it's just because there's 
it's difficult to catch them is why there aren't any rules on them. If there was rules, how would you even catch them in the face? It, 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 exactly. That's why there are no rules. But the reason why there are the judge program that we have now is because in the past there was people that rampant was part of the norm. It's what people did. You just put cards in your lap. That's what they went to tournaments knowing that they have extra copies of cards to just draw during the game. And that's where the judge program is now moved to a place where we do trust the community to not cheat. And we call judges on people making mistakes just so that we have that track record. And that's where there's been people that write articles all the time about trying to, to push cheating because it still exists today. Uh, Daniel Forty has written some articles on it that are really good. I think that ghosting is in that same category and we have to move the community into a place where ghosting is treated the same way. Uh, I, I mean, I, I agree with you for the most part, but I think there's a definite separation between a streamer and uh, a player you're playing against. Um, there, there's a couple reasons I think this. One is the streamer specifically can gain info from Twitch chat. I, I don't think it happens that often. I don't think it will happen on average. I think actually listening to Twitch chat makes you worse. Worse. But it, it, it can happen. And so if, if you were to tell me at a random event, I could have my hand open and have people chime in on what's going on, but my opponent doesn't get to see while this is happening. <laughs> yeah, let's go. You know, like the, the reason why it's, it's not uh, cheating is not because it, it's hard to prove. You can prove it. Um, and like, there are ways to prove it and you can make re- rules around things that are hard to prove still, like just to put a line in the sand and say, this is why you shouldn't do it. But I think that it's actually on Gabe. Like, I think Gabe is insane for doing it. And uh, if, if I were him, I would just never do it. I could, you could record it uh, and post it up somewhere. So you sure you lose a little bit of equity, but I just think like, the the it's it's so insane. Um, yeah. Should we talk about our our? Uh, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Okay, no. Okay, I'm just gonna start shouting it out. Kyt. Okay. One more. One more thing. Okay. If if somehow there was dual modern, I just wanted to hear Steven's take. What what two decks would he bring? Be blue white and blue white, but me. <laughs> I don't know. I've 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 played I've played Phoenix a bunch. I I I think the deck is fine. Um, it's probably quite good. Um, I don't know. I, I think that the duo modern format again because you need cyborg cards to make blue white any good at all. So definitely not blue white. What what deck has the best game one? So you would definitely play dredge and dredge, right? Both of both of my duo modern decks, no matter what they are, would have four leyline of the void. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Awful. I, hey, did you hear about this new about format? This terrible format. You can play eight ofs now. <laughs> Fuck. It's like yeah, dredge and dredge. Everybody plays late lines, and then nobody plays dredge. Okay, now where do we go? Where's this this terrible wheel of awfulness going? Here, now, you, now you don't have to play late lines, so now you I have can a play dredge. For this. No more theoretical formats because they sound like garbage. <laughs> Actually, no, no more no more modern either. How about that? <laughs> You make me no, sick, no. car. Duo modern. Hey, what happened. if we play duo vintage? Face to face games, duo modern. Duo champions of <laughs> Kamigawa, Popper, Tiny Leaders. There would be there'd be a ton of bans for <laughs> this modern best of one. Because that's why they banned like the Nexus of Fate, right? Because it was really unfun for um without a sideboard. 
So yeah, this this modern format will go through a hell of a lot of bands. It'd be a crazy ban list of like every card that says Dredge on it. Phoenix would probably be banned. Yeah, it would just be this. It would basically be standard, but with like more bad standard cards from you, all of the past. Can you believe they're creating another modern supplemental format? So we have to endure this hellscape of what modern is for another ever. Like counterspell's going to be in there, so that's going to be kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> what, what other cards are going to be in there that are going to make the, the format better so format better I don't know modern is I don't know I, I find that modern is definitely the most popular format right yeah I'm, I'm definitely not in the I'm not in the the minority of saying that I like playing modern yeah I mean like most people that go to FNM also enjoy playing modern yeah, exactly. So, like, I'm not like I think that you're in the minority when you're like modern is the worst thing ever, and the only reason why I'm playing <laughs> it is because I have to play it for money. I, I would say that like Commander might be worse. Yeah. Okay. So this is like where you start going down like the the levels of competitiveness. Where's and, Frontier on it? Where's Where's Frontier on the list? I've never played Frontier. I don't actually have a. Uh, Ooh. Um, this is yeah. This is just the same thing I circle back to over and over again when talking about modern. That it's like very fun to play. It's a horrible competitive format, and yeah. we're competitive players, so naturally <laughs> we just don't like it. I actually uh, I played against um, John on uh, on Moto earlier, and I, he was on Dredge, and I'm on Phoenix, and I surgical one of his things, and he says, "Come on, man, have a heart," and I responded with, "You don't know me very well, then." Ha <laughs> ha. Because, like, I hate fun and I don't have a heart and this format's garbage. So then we got to test against each other, then. Uh, uh, Ooh. Mm. <laughs> all right, I all right. I'm surgical. I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty ruthless. <laughs> I'm all to five against my Phoenix opponent game one and still beat him because I had the surgical for his Phoenixes. It's like some heartless things you can do in modern for sure, but they can be so fun. Like, like, okay, last comment on modern. I think this actually shows how bad modern is right now. That decks are main decking surgical and it's good because in, in in most cases that is just awful it's abysmal that you would do something like that surgical is not the kind of card that you want in your deck to stop what your opponent's doing it just it's sort of like is backwards thinking on deck building and the momentum of how a format should be but uh whatever now, i don't want them to ban anything else yeah it's funny because like there's it's I didn't think the surgical in the main deck of blue white would be good, but it's like really good against Tron. It's really good against Amulet. It's really good against um obviously the decks where it's really good against. It's definitely not good against like the the creature based matchups. Like I've definitely done like Cryptic Command Bouncer thing, surgical to one in the graveyard. There's like convoluted ways to get it to work. But I agree that Modern's probably not in a good spot if Surgical is a deck that is a card you want in your main deck to beat these other decks. Yeah, Phoenix is, like, the only, like, deck that reasonably main decks it without being, like, egregious. Because it wants a free spell, and Gutshot is not great. Surgical, not great either, but sometimes you can punk punk someone out. (laughs) Yeah, I think Phoenix does use it the best, as well as it protects against your Phoenixes from the other Surgicals, (laughs) where the Gutshot doesn't. All right, we're going to wrap up the show with, with these guys' picks. Elliot, uh, I'll, I'll let you start with uh, some Mythic Invitational picks. Uh, so I... Should we, sorry, should we explain the bracket first? That way the people at home know what we're talking about. 
Because I don't know what we're talking about. It'd be really great if we could go over what we're yeah, yeah, talking yeah. yeah, Elliot can do it. Oh, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so at the Mythic Invitational this upcoming weekend, there are four groups of 16 players each. Um, I, guess, I guess I'll just start with Group A, which has Jamie Topples, MTG Nerd Girl, Autumn Lily MTG, Owen Turnwald, Wyatt Darby, Jerry Thompson, Age 8, Ties, Javier Dominguez, Ken Yukihiro, Luke, Alexander Hain, Yuyu Watanabe, Jessica Estefan, Andre Strosky, and Matthew Nass. Um, so it's a double elimination bracket where you, know, you lose twice, you're out. If you go th- uh, 3-0, then you're through to, the, through to the round of 16. And you basically just need three, three wins to get through. Um, so out of, out of that group, I selected to, to make it through Owen Turnwald, Jerry Thompson, Alexander Hain, and Matt Nass. Uh, sort of no surprise with what we were talking about earlier. Four of the best MPL players that are in the group. Uh, I think the, the brackets sort of favor them as well. So that's who I picked. Uh, I'm, I'm cheering for Owen to win the whole thing. I couldn't not pick him. I want to type these out. Say that again. Uh, I picked Owen Turtenwald, Jerry Thompson, Alexander Hain, and Matthew Nass. Is that is that the winner? I thought we were doing the four the four to get through Group A. Oh, okay. We we have okay. Okay, Andy, who do you got? So uh, me and Elliot compared lists, and I think we're almost identical, but off by one in each. So I picked uh, to advance from Group A, uh, Yuya, Hain, Owen, and uh, Jerry T. I have Owen, Yuya, uh, Javier, and Strasky. Okay, so still not still not off by too much. Kind of, I mean, kind of the consensus that the MPL players are going to win. Yeah, I think I think Strasky is one of the the better non MPL players, maybe next to uh, LSV. Um, and like, it's hard to go wrong with Yuya and Javier Dominguez, and of course, Owen. <laughs> uh, so on to Group B then. Uh, Group B has Amazonian Legend VD, Skybills, Zachary Keeney, Shahar Shenhar. Aliyah Deshane, Christian Hauk, Quicksort, Ben Stark, Andre Mangucci, Eric Froelich, Nessa Meow Meow, Caleb D, Andrew Cunio, Luis Salvato, and Li Shi Tian. Uh, from that group, I selected Shahar Shenhar, Ben Stark, Luis Salvato, and Christian Hauk. Andy, how about you? I selected Luis Salvato, Shahar Shenhar, Zach Keeney and Ben Stark. I have uh, Luis Salvato, Eric Froelich, Shahar Shenhar, and Christian Hawk. Hauk. I don't know how. To, sorry, my bad. Okay, again, a lot of overlap. It seems like we're we're either really smart or we're all just blowing it. Yeah, I I, I hope we're all just blowing it. It'll be a lot more exciting if we're wrong. Because I feel like we would choose like what other people would also choose, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of 
gave my rough odds earlier of an MPL member, I think is like 70% to win across the whole MPL. I think it'd yeah. be really cool to see one of the challengers win. Yeah, Especially like, one, of the, one of the streamers who was maybe a little lesser known at the beginning of it. I think it'd be really cool. It'd be really, like, if, if like the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl every year. Like, that's more exciting than the Patriots winning the Super Bowl every year. Yeah, I'm looking for uh, the Cleveland Browns to win it all this year. Sorry, I don't know anything about pigskin throw. Sorry. Uh, okay. Okay, Group C. We got uh, Gabe Nassif, Brian Brandouin, Shodi Asuoka, William Jensen, Muffin Pastry Pie, Paulo Vitor Damodarosa, John Rolfe, Show, LSV, Cedric Phillips, Merchant, Seth Manfield, Savitz, Pterodactyls for the win, Reed Duke, and Mike Sigrist. And I selected uh, Huey Jensen, Paul Vitor Damodarosa, Luis Scott Vargas, and Reed Duke. I want a prize. We have the same list. <laughs> nice. I think it's funny. Uh, just the the non MPLs are just they they don't use their name. They use their twit their Twitch handle, which obviously like makes sense because that's what they're known by. But it's just, can you imagine? Be like, I think Muffin Pastry is going to take this down. <laughs> Muffin Pastry has the edge over Reed the Bones Duke. <laughs> but uh, so my group C is Huey, Apollo, Seth Manfield, and Reed Duke. Pretty stacked top four there. Our, our list is also very similar. Why don't you have LSV, Andy? Because I think Seth... So basically, I decided that the... I broke all of it down into groups of four and decided that one per group of four is like most likely to advance based on the way double elimination works. So I just picked one per group of four, and I picked Seth over Luis. Yeah, that's actually the... I was, I was in Discord with Andy as he was doing his bracket, and I already done mine. And I, I like said, I had a strategy. I want to see what yours is. And he gets to the end. He said, I just broke it up into groups of four. And that's exactly what I did. We ended up with one off of each other per group. I just picked the players that I think were the, the best players in the group. Interesting. A, a, a bold strategy. Yeah. It, the most talented players. <laughs> uh, group D is uh, Marcio Carvalho. Brad Nelson, the Asian Avenger, Tiago Saparito, Gregor Skowalski, Anna May, Martin Yuza, uh, Thundermo Hellkite, Carlos Ramau, Jean Emmanuel Dupra, Gabby Sparts, Lucas Esper Bertund, Adver, Numat the Nummy, Taruya Kakume, and Piotr Gugowski. Uh, and I picked Brad Nelson, Martin Yuza, Piotr Gugowski, and Lucas Esper Bertund. Bertuned? Lucas Esper. Berto? Berto. 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 I don't know. Berto. Uh, so I picked uh, Marcio Carvalho, Martin Yuza, Piotr Glagowski, and Lucas Berto. Oh, we were so close. I have uh, Marcio, um, Olaf Zero. I can't remember. Is uh, Tiago, Tiago Saparito. Yeah, Tiago Saparito. Uh, Yuza and uh, of course Canister. Uh, we 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 think Piotr has the mo- like the the perhaps the best path to uh, advancing. I didn't even look at their <laughs> literal bracket, but that could be true. I saw. Um, I think like some of them have it real easy, and then some of them have it real hard. 
So Piotr is just in a bracket with like some he's not even in the same bracket as like a, a name player for the first two rounds. So like if he Yeah, that's why he's so likely to advance. I, I can't wait to for all these predictions and then just muffin pastry just demolishes the group of death. <laughs> Undefeated, can't be beat. The best, uh, best of one uh, dual standard player to ever live. Yeah, uh, I, like I said earlier, I'm super excited. I hope we're all wrong. I hope that none of us pick the right person and that no MPL makes top eight, except for Canister. I want Canister to win. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to watch this. This is going to be the perhaps the most important thing for Magic or like professional Magic. Ever. I would say I would say so far. I I I think there might be bigger things. I hope there are bigger things in the future, but I think this will be uh, a piece of magic history that really shifts the paradigm on how we view magic as uh like a, a viewing uh activity and how we talk about it in our day-to-day lives and just everything else you can think of. It's just going to be so sweet. I just like that if you come first you are you're the 24th highest earner in Magic's history. And, like, the list is just stocked full of the game's best ever. All these Hall of Famers. And if you win this one awesome tournament, you're in. You're, you're in that top, like, money category, which is, like, I heard, uh, sort of sad to hear, to be honest. I heard if you win this, you're better than Kai. <laughs> that's what I've heard. Like, I mean, that's conversation believable. over, no more debates. You're better than Kai. The the 23rd place on the MTG money list could be at $250,010, where the $10 is the three packs they won at FNM once. <laughs> Modern FNM. Uh, Steven, to, to, to recap, you're, you're rooting for Nasif and, and a lot of the non-MPL streamers. Uh, yeah, rooting. I, I don't know if they're advantaged to win, but especially like the group C is real rough and the group D <laughs> is pretty soft. So the people that got into to group D, I think are going to have a nice, a nice, a nice go at it. Whereas group C looks super rough. Like it's hard to, I wouldn't bet on Gabe to, to make it out of the bracket. That's a, that's a rough one, but <laughs> I'll be, I'll, I'll be rooting, but <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be, I wouldn't be a betting man there. If I, if I'm taking equal odds. And I think that a lot of my picks were the same, uh, especially to uh, Andrew. I think my picks are like, I think identical. Maybe they're one off, but I had the same strategy of of, of going with one in each of the four brackets. It just gives you your highest way to go for double elimination. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's Hell the dog? Yeah. Whose dog was that? That's my dog. But we got somebody that just got to the door, so I'm gonna mute oh, my mic. I'm gonna go crazy. All right. Uh, well, we're going to wrap up anyways. Thank you so much for, for joining us, Steven. It was, a, it was a pleasure to talk to you about Blue White, Modern, uh, the guys ragging the format, and then we broke down, we talked about Mythic Invitational with you. Uh, any, anything you want to, final words, any shout-outs, any, anything at all? Uh, what's your next tournament? Anything? Um, thank you guys so much for having me on here. Um, I think I'm going to start doing some streaming next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was great being on here, and um, I definitely have. We'll probably listen to some of your podcasts in the future. What's what's your Twitch handle? Uh, it's a Wang Flurry. All right. So, Sorry, 
Wang Flurry. W A N G F L U R Y. What's what's the meaning behind that? <laughs> exactly. Um, it was it was a name. It was a name that was given to me back on a character in World of Warcraft when I was like, I guess I was like 16 at the time, and I've just kept it the entire time. It's on like the back of like the jersey that I have for like the teams that I've played on and stuff like that. Is do you is that your Twitter handles or do you have Twitter? I, I do have Twitter. I think it's I think it's not that right now. Is that the like it's not that it's at not that right now? No, I think it's curator four. Oh. <laughs> okay, because I had tried to find you on Twitter. I got something entirely different. Oh yeah? Did you? <laughs> I think I also have Wang Flurry. Do not add Wang well. Flurry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's like going to on, on the bright side, I just got 40 tw- Twitter followers. From wow, Sky I'm so popular on Instagram now. <laughs> oh, God. Off the rails. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Steven. Um, hope, to, hope to get you back on, um, especially if you crush with Blue-White again. And, uh, yeah, hope to, hope to talk to you again soon. Bye, everybody. That was Stephen Kerr, runner-up to Toronto Open Plus, winner of the Barry Open. And I think I, I've seen him do well at other terms, too. I've, I've seen his name more than on one occasion. Um, I'm going to be finishing up Jonathan Zhang's dredge guide to put out to the nation. It's uh, Once again, it's beyond comprehensive, so anyone that's trying to, wanting to play that deck can go check it out at patreon.com slash first strength one. It's out in probably either tonight or, or tomorrow morning. Um, and uh, yeah, Magic Fest Calgary this weekend. And oh yeah, before we go, that announced the fact that I'm going to be posting this on all the social medias of face-to-face games soon, but the Mythic Championship qualifiers, they're going to be happening in Ontario on May 11th on the, at the Monte Casino Hotel and at the Sheridan Center in Montreal, June 15th. So May 11th, June 15th. Mark those dates on your calendar. It's, it's old school TQ's time, boys, and uh, it's going to be fun. Do you have any more info that you can give us right now? Like $700 entry. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been I reading on Twitter, and uh, 6K. there was a... Uh, there's somebody complaining that one of them were like $70 and they're like, is this normal? And people were responding like, no, this one's 35, this one's 40, this one's 50. So it seems like there's a, there's a difference in, in price ranges. I hope they're not $70, $700. Cause I got to save that money for a flight, you know? Honestly, $70. I don't care that I, I would still go. No, what? <laughs> I mean, I would too, but I would definitely be on Twitter complaining. For seventy-five dollars, you do that at, at all the GPs. No, I don't. I've been queued for the last six months. Oh my god, get queued for two pro tours. Get out of here. I've queued for three, and I cashed one. How many of you cashed? I have not cashed a pro. Tour. Oh, how many of you played? I'm one for one. Thank you. Oh yeah, dead last. <laughs> <laughs> you get you get cash for last now. Yeah, I came fiftieth. Yeah, I came fiftieth from last. How much did you win? A thousand dollars. Oh, so only only a little bit more than I did. What do, you, what do you get for just showing up? 500. Wow, that's sick. Uh, Ellie, what did you want to ask me? 
Um, I assume that they're pretty, you can do whatever you want with the prize structure. That's why there's a difference in entry costs. I, I'm not one of the guys that decides. I, I, I think you're right. And I think uh, people only got the green light to announce stuff like yesterday. Um, and that's why you're seeing different stores with, with uh, different banners and, and you're seeing all this Twitter stuff now. And uh, I don't think everyone's decided, and, and those who haven't announced obviously haven't decided maybe their exact location and, or the price structure and stuff like that. So I think those details will be out for these ones. I mean, I, Are these like anyone can play? Zero Planeswalker points can play? I, I don't know if this is public. It's probably public info, right? I, I don't know. They announced you have to have like X amount of Planeswalker points to play in these before, didn't they? I swear somebody told me that earlier. I, okay, I, it, I've it, heard that before, but I'm not sure if that was a separate style of MCQ. Yeah, I have, I have no idea either. I think we'll know. Yeah, just we'll, breach, we'll just know breach your more. contract. Just breach your contract. <laughs> just tell me. I, I yeah, did we'll hear. Just, we'll just get the editor to edit it out. Just be like, <laughs> yeah, just be like, yeah, so Live. the PTQs are. And then they just. <laughs> and of <laughs> course, have, they always just. I did hear that. If you want to win the the event, you can bribe. (laughs) I heard the full schedule is supposed to be up by the middle of April. So that's only, at this point, only a couple weeks away. Or a few weeks away. Are you guys excited Um, for Easter? I don't know when Easter is. (laughs) The the Grand Prix weekend in uh, Niagara Falls. It's Easter and Passover, so prepare to be paired against heathens in the tournament only. This has been a crazy episode. Um, yeah, I'm glad I don't actually have any of the confidence. I just, I just don't know the confidential uh, information. So uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, but more information is going to come out this week, next week. Somebody in the chat is saying first round is no planeswalker points. Second is 200. Anyone can play in the first round of them. Hmm. Wait, so we get buys? No, no, no. Uh, that's like first round of MCQs. I, I believe like is what the series of them. Yeah, I'm so confused. You know what? I'm just I'm just gonna get somebody else to show this to me in a slideshow because I can't read and pictures work better. Okay, yeah. Derek, just show up on May 11th at the Monte Cassino Hotel in Toronto, and if if they tell you that you're not allowed to register because you're already queued, then tough beats. Move on to the next one. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna top eight this PT or MC. So. Yeah. All right. Um, John John Cronin in, in the chat says, you guys still put this up on YouTube? We do, uh, although the link might not be the same anymore. So definitely go to magic.facefacegames.com and you might have to resubscribe if it's not working for you because um, we moved the host now to Anchor um, and, and that's why. And anyone who starts a podcast should advice to all fellow podcasters should consider anchor or soundcloud a bunch of these hosts previously some of them um charge an excessive amount for for hosting their files and stuff like that but some some have cheap plans now like soundcloud unless you have a lot of listeners and and then you'd have to upgrade to maybe their ten dollar a month plan but uh there are more affordable hosts out there and, and anchor is just super free 
so they they have some limitations as well um so we're just experimenting uh with different hosts and different stuff but uh, if it hasn't been working for you definitely resubscribe uh but we're still on itunes as far as i know every new episode it might just be a different link uh, and with that i think this is went well over time so randy elliot Derek, and myself will be following the mythic invitation hopefully um actually actually i hope for some hope some of you are right i want my boy alex to get there so uh we'll talk to you next week and uh we'll talk about mythic invitational results see you guys next week bye